Hello and welcome to Hire Automation, a podcast brought to you by High Robotics. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney, and today we're talking about how to maximize your storage density while staying flexible. I have two great guests to bring on today. Hunter Sent is Director of Sales at High Robotics U.S., and Richie Chen is founder and CEO of High Robotics. Thank you both for being with me today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Excited to get into this conversation. So let's start off with this. Can you explain the concept of storage density in a warehouse context and then why it's an increasingly critical factor for businesses? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll kind of kick us off here for the discussion. And Richie, please, please chime in as you see fit. But for storage density, storage density is obviously of the utmost importance in today's industry. And kind of before we dive into some of the critical factors for why we're seeing storage density be a high priority, to attempt to define storage density in its most simplistic form, it's really taking a given footprint and assessing how much inventory can I store within that footprint. So if I have a, a fixed length and width, and that correlates to a square footage, how much inventory can I store in that square footage? So within that footprint, if you know, customer A can store 100 SKUs and customer B can store 200 SKUs and get 2x the density, that is a benefit in today's market. So really, the conversation is constantly around, a term you'll commonly hear is space utilization. How do I maximize my space utilization? And that's kind of the definition of storage density, but why it's critical for business businesses today is really three main reasons. The first reason being cost efficiency. So better storage density means more products can be stored in a given footprint. And in theory, that will reduce the need for purchasing additional storage facilities. Again, whether in customers own that or leasing that space out, being able to store more within the given footprint that they have access to will reduce the need for expansion from a square footage perspective later in the life cycle. And as we all know, cost of real estate is going up day over day. So that is extremely important to customers. So storage density really ties into cost efficiency. The second reason I would say is inventory levels. So we do a lot of work in the retail and apparel industry. And we're seeing a lot of pressure on in customers in that vertical space. There's a lot of pressure to not only hold more SKUs, but hold more volume of SKUs. So if you take a very simple example and you think of an apparel customer and you take a black sweatshirt, you have a small, a medium, large, extra large in men's, and then you have the same four SKUs for women's. So that's eight SKUs within a black sweatshirt right there. And then the sheer amount of volume you have to store within each of those SKUs is continued to increase. So inventory levels, as there's more pressure with the inventory levels and more SKUs coming in the warehouse, the storage density becomes of the utmost importance because they're trying to fit more in the same footprint. And then the last thing I would say is really, we're seeing a lot of consolidation of distribution centers across the industry today. So probably 10 years ago, you would see it's very popular for one DC to be running the B2B operations, that's business to business, so store replenishment, and then another DC running what we refer to as B2C, and that's business to consumer. So that's 
think of your e-commerce type customers. Now there's a lot of pressure in the market, again, because of some of these other reasons, such as cost of real estate, to consolidate those two functions. So now you're seeing what we refer to as omni-channel distribution centers, and they're running the B2B and the B2C environment in one DC. So that consolidation, again, they're being asked to do more within the given footprint that they have access to. So storage density is at the forefront of conversations. So again, a lot of different factors, but I'd say those are really the core three reasons for why storage density is critical for success in today's industry. Absolutely. And just the real estate numbers alone, I think we're we're all still in sticker shock for that. So you not only mentioned that, but you know, several other reasons that are really high priority there. So how do goods to person robotic systems contribute to improving storage density compared to traditional warehousing methods? For many warehouses, actually, a warehouse is designed for people to pick stuff from the shelving. So for many warehouses, actually, the picking phase cannot be too tall. I mean, it's probably like uh, six feet or eight feet for the people to, to pick from. This is the first thing. The second thing is actually people cannot really go to double dip. By double dip, it means that this is one tote, this is one tote, and uh, the two totes sit together so we can get uh, four dip in one bay. But for many warehouse operations to have people really work efficiently, you can't have double dip of totes or even triple dip. So, I mean, so so the conclusion is for many warehouses, actually the, the racking is designed for people to use. So in order to have very high picking efficiency, then you can't do too, you can't go too high or you can't do a multiple deep. But for booster personal systems, because the system is operated, the totes are sent by the robot or by the automation system to the operator. So the operation uh, working bench can be, working station can be designed very ergonomically. So the robots can actually go very tall. For example, for the uh, most of warehouses can have clearance of 33 feet. The robot can go easily to 33 feet. It can go to from single dip to double dip, even triple dip. Or for our latest uh, IPIC system 3 solution, can oh, I even go to 5 dip. That would result in a three times more storage density compared with uh, uh, menu warehouses. So I would say that's the main reason because the, the many warehouses are designed for people, so you can't go too high or multiple deep. But for robots, you can go really high and multiple deep. Yes. I just have an image of hiring all basketball players, trying to get as high as you can, but that's clearly not going to give you the benefits that you need and uh, much better, obviously, with robots, but just kind of had a funny image there. So we know storage density is important, but how does it compare to other performance indicators in the warehouse, such as operational efficiency or speed? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting question. There, There's predominantly three key elements we assess on almost every single opportunity when discussing the automation landscape. And that is storage density, which we're obviously talking about in depth today, but it's also throughput. And then the third key element is really flexibility and flexibility really being more of responsiveness and how nimble or responsive can you be within your distribution center. And the two factors that are, that are continuously compared against one another is really storage density and flexibility. So when you think of storage density in today's market, a lot of people naturally start thinking of grid-based solutions, which again, can, can absolutely offer good storage density, 
But naturally, as you start to get a little bit more and more dense, your flexibility starts to come down a little bit. So you have to find what the right balance is between those two different spectrums. So for example, in a, to put an example to it, if you're looking at a B2C environment, again, B2C being business to consumer, so think of your e-commerce, because of what I'm going to call the Amazon effect, if I place an order and I'm the customer ordering something online, if I place an order at you know 4 p.m., because of the demands of the market, I'm now expecting same day or next day fulfillment. So that puts a lot of pressure on distribution centers. So when you're selecting automation, you have to make sure within your automation portfolio and within your warehouse as a whole, you have to be very responsive. You have to be able to get an order at that 3 p.m., 4 p.m. cutoff and turn it for same day or next day fulfillment. So again, it's really important to kind of understand those two different variables. Again, storage density is extremely important, but as you get more dense, you have to keep in mind, am I still being flexible and responsive to meet the customer's demands? Yeah, and I would be that customer. I'm actually waiting on a package today, one day delivery. So it really is so important, especially certain times of the year, but but all the time, customers, they, they want it and they want it fast. So what recommendations do you have for companies maybe considering an upgrade to their warehousing operations in order to achieve higher storage density? And how can high robotics help? Actually, I have two suggestions for uh, the, the, the companies who are looking at warehouse operations. I mean, the first suggestion is really that uh, you need to understand yourself better and in a very statistical way. For example, how many inventory do you want to store? And what is the throughput that you want to achieve with the warehouse operation? And uh, like, 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 like cutoff time, Hunter said, like what is the cutoff time of your orders and whether the system, the automation system can, um, can, can meet your requirements on cutoff time, on storage, on throughput and everything. So it's really that you need to understand about uh, your own requirements of a warehouse automation system. I mean, this sounds simple, but actually it requires a lot of work. You need to do, to do data analysis. And also you probably need to predict a little bit about the future, like what, what will happen next year? What will happen the year after next year? So the first suggestion is to really understand what you want to your requirement, your business, like in a statistical way, not just, uh, you know, uh, have a fitting, so I would grow 50% next year. So that will be my first suggestion. The second suggestion is that um, we can, uh, it's better to pick, like to start small. Because for warehouse automation, if we start with a very, very like uh, fully automated, fully integrated system, usually the spans, the cost of the system, the capex, start easily at 10 million US dollars to like maybe 20 million US dollars. But you can't, you don't, I mean, if we, if the customer, if the company first does this uh, for warehouse automation, it is really hard to have a project be successful, you know, um, because it is so complex. If we start, if the co company starts with a fully automated system. So I really suggest to start small. I mean, to get the fitting of the automation first, I mean, probably you spend half a minute or one minute dollars just to get a feeling of a goods-to-person system to start small. And then you can, when your team, like when your operation excellence team, the, co the company excellence team, when the automation team, the IT team, get a better feeling, get a better understanding of the warehouse automation system, and then you can grow, you can expand based on that first small system. 
And it's how high it can help in this process. It is actually high provides a very flexible uh, system with a very low point of entry. While I mean, for high hybrid system three, we have very similar uh, performance compared with the most of the balanced warehouse automation systems in the market. Like the, but we can start really small. We can spend half a million, and then you can get a workable system with with not with with, with not bad, actually pretty good performance already. That is how we can support. And I'm excited because we are about to see a video of System 3. So people will see what you were talking about, Richie. So let's take a look at that video and we will be right back to have some final thoughts on this conversation. So now we are seeing things in motion, literally and figuratively, with System 3. What are some final thoughts from both of you on what people just saw? Yeah, I think for my side, really just kind of concluding and going back to that discussion we had around the three key elements, storage density, throughput, and flexibility. We really feel like we hit a good balance for all three of these within the Hypix System 3 solution. So in terms of storage density, as you saw in the video, the ability to go up to five deep while also going to 10 meters is a huge advantage in today's market and really maximizing our storage density. Simultaneously, we still achieve the flexibility and responsiveness because it's an aisle-based system where 
we have access to any product at any point in time by any bot. So if we get those customer orders in that need same day, next day fulfillment, we're able to stay responsive and fulfill those orders quickly and honor priority orders. And then the last one from a throughput perspective, really, as we look at the K50H bots being able to go up to four meters per second, which is really the fastest in the industry, we are extremely confident in our ability to hit high throughput solutions and applications. Richie, can I ask you just a personal question as we close here? How cool is it for you as the founder and CEO of High to see this video, to see System 3 and see these thoughts and obviously not something overnight that it comes to fruition, but see it all come together? Yeah, I mean, Michelle, we have, we have implemented, I think, more than 7,000 robots to our more than 1,000 projects. Some, some projects we have two robots, some projects we have 200 robots, but I will tell you, I mean, Hypix System 3 is the best product we have so far because we can go so much desert and so fast. I want to thank both of you for being here today. Hunter Sen, Director of Sales at High Robotics US and Richie Chen, Founder and CEO of High Robotics. Great conversation. Exciting to see System 3. And I know a lot of people will be excited as well. So thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Michelle, for having us. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your time today. And I want to encourage all of you, if you have questions about today's conversation, if you would like to learn more, please visit highrobotics.com. And you can also reach out to Hunter and Richie if you can find them on LinkedIn as well. I want to thank you for listening to Higher Automation, a podcast brought to you by High Robotics. I'm your host, Michelle Don Moody. Once again, thank you for joining us. We hope to connect with you on another podcast soon. Mm-hmm.